The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. You are listening to The Bird Calls on the Off the Glass, Nothing But Net, and Up and Under networks. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. All right, what's up, Pels fans? Welcome to the Bird Calls podcast. I'm your host and contributor to thebirdrights.com, Preston Ellis. And today we are talking Summer League in a rare two-man game. I'll set up the pick and roll while you dive to the rim. It's David Grubb. David, have we ever done this, just two of us? No, no, it's never been just you and me. And 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 we're the, we're the, we're the two guys who uh, host usually. So now it's like dueling hosts. I know. I was just saying I'm nervous that you're going to turn this around on me. Uh, David, first of all, before we dive in, how are you doing right now, man? Obviously, you're in New Orleans. It's the eve of Tropical Storm Barry. How are you feeling? Doing all right. You know, you just uh, make sure you got your stuff that you, you know, in case things happen. And the rest of it is just riding it out because, you know, we've done this so many times. You just hope that it's you make it through safe and, and everybody's OK. Yeah, I remember when my dad used to have his own office. This is long before Katrina. Uh, everybody would head out of town whenever there was something pretty noticeable coming through town. And my mother would have to be my dad's assistant at work, uh, which was pretty funny for her. But I, I remember back a, a day and age when uh, a lot of people used to just ride it out. There wasn't any fear. Uh, obviously, that's all changed. But with that being said, with everything happening with the Washington Post, we can we can use that to to drive things a little bit uh crazier than they necessarily need to be. I think the the term Washington Post used was anxiety and people fleeing the city, which is obviously a bit ridiculous. But with that being said, we are wishing all of you the best uh, and hoping there's not too much damage and that everybody is safe. Why don't we go ahead and dive on in, Grub? We're going to do this one at a time. We're going to start with Jackson Hayes. Uh, obviously, I was super high on him just because uh, Jonathan Wasserman of Bleacher Report had him ranked Fifth overall, we've already seen him eclipse his uh, career high at Texas of 19 points. He had 28 in his inaugural game with the Pelicans. But more importantly than that, Grub, we were hoping for an elite level rim runner, kind of like a Clint Capella, Mitchell Robinson type. But we've already seen him expand past that, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, he he's taken more jump shots in summer league than he did an entire year in Texas. Um, so that's been surprising that he had that ability um, in his game. It's not a perfect jump shot. But you, at least you see the willingness to take it. Um, so there's no fear there. Uh, and that's that was always a concern of mine, that, that he was just a guy who did not want to take jumpers. Uh, and, and like you say, you've seen more than just his ability to run to the rim. He's been able to read um, the opposing uh, defense and find open spots. And uh, he's been a better screen setter than I thought he would be, too, considering his frame. 
Yeah, definitely. Defensively, like you mentioned, uh, he's already proven to be an adept help defender. Like you said, he has the intelligence to to make the read, make the right rotation. Uh, so far, anyway, obviously, it's a very small sample size. We've only seen him in two games at this point. But what stood out to me, uh, obviously, we've already talked about his jump shot. Uh, Jim Eichenhofer on Locked On Pelicans with Jake Madison talked about his hands. He's got really great hands for a big man. He can catch the ball in rhythm. You don't have to worry about giving him the ball underneath the net. He can take it uh, in stride and still get to the basket without creating a turnover or doing something uh, dumb. But what stood out to me already in his second game was his work as a facilitator. Now, we already only saw two examples of this. One was a touch pass to Cavell Bigby-Williams. The other one was a lightning rod from above the center. He hit Nikhail Alexander-Walker so hard in rhythm that I think even he was surprised, and he ended up turning the ball over. Do you think Jackson might have some kind of future as not just a willing finisher, but also maybe somebody who can operate on both ends in the pick and roll. Well, one thing you, you like is uh, that may be advantageous to him is that he didn't play a lot of basketball um, in his career. Now that you're looking at it retrospectively, um, he's able to be molded and he's, he doesn't have any preconceived notions about what he should not be able to do and what he can do. He's finding all those things out. So you can test him and allow him to expand his game because it's, it's really an untapped resource. You, you just don't know how deep those skills can possibly go. So I, you know, it's exciting to see him try things. It's exciting to see that he has the awareness to look ahead and um, you know, to try to find an open man. Uh, so yeah, those are things that you really want to see um, out of your big man now, if especially a, a guy who's going to have to play in the high post a lot more um, when he when he first comes into the league, just because of that lack of size, you know, like the only thing right now that you'd like to see that, that you haven't really seen out of him is just better rebounding. And that was the concern coming out of Texas. Um, you know, five rebounds a game so far in over 20 minutes per game over those two games. You just would like to see more of that. He's going to have to be able to control the glass a little bit better. But everything else, I mean, he runs the floor like a gazelle. Um, you know, like you said, the leaping ability, his ability to block shots. Uh, you know, get above the rim in a, at a ridiculously high level to contest shots um, and, and just cover ground so quickly. It's, you know, I, I was one of those people who said eight was way too high for him, um, but he looks like far much, far less of a project than we thought. Uh, so that's extremely encouraging for a guy. You take an eight who had only played two years of really competitive basketball to see him out on a, a bigger stage, making major contributions. Now, remember, you guys can follow David at DM Grub, and also very soon he'll have his own show, Hard in the Paint, uh, on 1280. I believe that's right. Is that right, David? That's right, 1280 AM, and it'll be on the iHeartRadio app, and uh, it'll be on my new website, which is coming soon. Very exciting stuff. How do you feel so far not being on the hosting end? Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, we've done this <laughs> enough times, and, and, for, and with the two of us, it's more like a conversation, so. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, why don't we go ahead? And speaking of chemistry, uh, we've got some good quotes from Nikhail Alexander-Walker, who also has his hand in making Jackson Hayes look so good. He said the chemistry off the court helps. From the moment he introduced himself, he was real cool and chill. It's rare to find a top uh, 10 kid that's open like that. He's a friendly dude, and it makes you want to be a selfless person when you play and you see his talent. Going over to Nikhail, 26 points, 6 assists, 
five rebounds. He's given us a little bit of everything. The thing that stands out to me the most, David, is his ability to both facilitate and finish with either hand. Um, he kind of has like that Lou uh, Williams uh, wiggle to him. He can operate in the post. We've already seen he's got a, a step back uh, that operates in the three-point game. He can nail it off one dribble. Uh, he's just shown a really impressive skill set so far. I've only mentioned his offensive abilities. Defensively, uh, he's been a shot blocker, to say the least. Talk about some of his own th- other talents and what you've seen from Nikhil so far. Well, we were hoping that he would be a passable combo guard, um, you know, coming out of the draft. Uh, plenty of good reviews, uh, except for that one I showed you today. There was, a, you know, a couple of articles that said that he was gave him a D as a selection. But, I, uh, you know, the things that I heard before the draft about him were toughness, that he could score with anybody, um, that he was a leader. And, and you're seeing all of those things. And, and I think the biggest shock for me has been his level of passing. I did not see that um, in the tapes of, of him uh, in college. So his ability, that, that ability to, to pass guys open, like he's not looking and waiting. He's anticipating where people are going to be and the, the ability to not just make the pass, but to do wraparounds, to be able to, you know, to not just do a, a basic bounce pass. He's, he's completing passes that are complicated for somebody coming in as a rookie. Now he's turned it over a little bit. Um, but again, point guard is the hardest thing to learn. I think in the NBA transitioning from college to, to the pros. Um, and that's, that's going to take time, but to have somebody that you're even considering at this point to be a viable option at the backup point guard, instead of the question that we had going into this of do the Pelicans need to go find a veteran to play behind drew um, and, and Lonzo ball. Now you feel a lot more comfortable if he continues to develop in this manner because you're seeing, like you said, a robust skill set that's well-rounded on both ends of the floor and athleticism that, we, that may be a little bit higher than we expected. And like you, when you have that kind of bond already between him and his post guy, that's great because two years ago when the Pelicans made their run, the offseason had a great feeling to it. There was a camaraderie to it. And so I think now you're seeing these guys come together, the rookie class, even Didi is part of that as well. And then you look at um, the Lakers guys coming together and they seem very excited to be coming to New Orleans. Josh Hart obviously is the biggest cheerleader. And then you've got a re-energized Drew Holiday as the face of the franchise. The energy and like, uh, that you get from this group and the potential for um, chemistry at a high level for a team that's going to be playing together for the first time that I think will grease the wheels of them getting better more quickly. And so, yeah, uh, the, the, the approach that they've taken both publicly doing their press conferences together um, and just seeing on the bench that these guys encourage each other, they talk. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a great culture that's being developed. And, and, and you see David Griffin is extremely excited about it. You see his facial expressions, his interviews. So it, 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 the franchise has made a big turn. Yeah, just to look at things from a bigger picture, I 100% agree. Uh, you can totally tell that camaraderie before uh, between the 
the previous Lakers players uh, at this big event where Zion Williamson was crowned the best collegiate player. Uh, and it, like you said, these rookies seem to be getting along famously. Uh, there's a clear direction put in place right now that Drew uh, Holiday is going to be the alpha dog. Now we can talk about that a little bit uh, more in the future, what that ultimately means for this franchise and how he's going to be asked to play this year versus he was, how he played in previous seasons. But for right now, circling back to the summer league guys, you're absolutely right about the way that Nikhil has been operating this offense. Fred Vin- and had a had a quote I don't have it in front of me but basically he wanted to start with Nikhil at the two see how things worked out and he let Kenrich Williams run a lot of the offense but Nikhil seemed uh so good at the one that he gave him a lot more uh or, or extended his leash I, t- I should say here's a quote I do have in front of me he said I saw his ability to play at the pace we wanted to be at along with his ability to score the ball his ability to pass the ball put him into situations where he can find his teammates he's becoming a selfless player uh Grubb Obviously, like you said, that point guard was a question mark. Nikhil looks like he could have the potential to fill this. How soon do you think the Pelicans might ask him to do that? Well, I mean, you figure, what, they're, you know, 48 minutes at the point guard spot. And if Lonzo is playing uh, 30 of those minutes uh, as the starter, and then you, you figure Drew at some point, you know, as rotations go if, in the backcourt, he's going to play some minutes there. Um, so if you can get, uh, 10 minutes, you know, uh, each night out of um, NAW um, as a backup point. I think that that'd be really encouraging for his first year. Um, you know, obviously I think more of his time will be spent at the two. Uh, but if you can get 10 to 12 minutes out of him with that second unit, with that natural rapport that those guys already have, you knowing that he can push tempo. And that was the big problem last year with the backup guards is that they could not create tempo. And, um, with him being able to do that, uh, you know, the only thing is just going to be, can you monitor his turnovers and keep those low? But I think he absolutely could play 10 minutes at, at backup point guard right now for the Pelicans. Um, as long as, you know, you don't have any injuries to Lonzo or, or, or limits to his minutes. Because uh, I think at three deep um, with Drew, Lonzo and um, Nikhil, I think that's a good setup. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. All right, we're going to go ahead and bounce into questions because we've got, I think, 22 of them. Before we do that, I just want to grab two quick quotes from Fred Vinson on Kenrich Williams and Didi. He said, Kenrich is our glue guy. He pulls everybody together. He makes plays for his teammates offensively. Defensively, he covers for his teammates. We saw some of that last season, but now we're seeing it more. On Didi, he said, he's really cool, calm. He has a smooth pace to his game. On the other end, he's tenacious defensively. Guys who are smooth on the offensive end tend not to be aggressive defensively, but that's not him. He fights over screen. He's super competitive, a little quiet because the language barrier, but he's aware of what's going on the floor. And we've got a ton more quotes that we're going to throw at you guys over this weekend. Grub, let's go ahead. We're going to bounce around through our questions right now. Uh, This is from Ron Ash. What is your general excitement level of these three rookies playing together? And what do you ultimately think uh, will be the end result of this summer league? Now we're talking about the three without Zion, right? Yeah, we're, we're just talking about the guys who are playing right now. Um. I mean, I think you have to be cautiously excited. There's still only, you know, there's still very young guys um, coming into the NBA, but 
there's plenty of things to be excited about. Um, I think the Pelicans will challenge for the summer league title um, because of their defense more than anything else. They've been able to score, obviously, but they've played some outstanding defense in some of these games. So I think they definitely will be a contender for the summer league championship um, in Vegas. But more than anything, yeah, I mean, you look at these guys and, and for the first time you take the summer league team and you see a number of guys who you think could compete for minutes in the regular season and not just garbage minutes, but real um, valuable, important minutes. And so that's highly encouraging. Uh, Grub, this one I'm going to post to you because I don't really know the answer, but I'm going to take a swing at it. This is from McCoy. Mm -hmm. He says, has the training staff uh, been completely replaced? And here's what I'm going to say, and then I think I'm going to give you your two cents on the matter. Aaron Nelson is in charge of – the conditioning of these players. He's in charge of building their bodies. Misty Suri is the director of medical services and head team physician and orthopedic surgeon. So the way I'm reading this is that Aaron Nelson is going to be working with them on a day-to-day basis, getting their bodies ready to play Uh, in the case, in the event of injury, or, you know, all these guys have ice packs on their knees throughout the season long. Misty Suri is going to be monitoring these guys throughout the season, but Aaron Nelson is going to be the one putting them in position to succeed. As far as the rest of the training staff goes, we know that Mike G is still uh, awaiting to hear about his return with the Pelicans organization as a consultant. Has everyone else uh, on that end of the spectrum been replaced at this time, David? I can't answer that question either. I don't know for certain. Um, You know, we've seen some of the holdovers around. um, And I know Kevin was very concerned about that when we've spoken in the past. Um, So I'm not sure if every member of the staff has been replaced. But I think the overall direction was the most important thing, making the assessment, having somebody in charge, um, bringing a different level of understanding of of the players' bodies and what they need. Um, So it it may not all, you know, when we talk about the the changes um, with the staff, it may not all be on uh, just on the personnel themselves. Sometimes it's the approach and how do you take care of players? And so I think that that's the, the biggest thing that moving forward that we'll see. I don't, I don't think that you'll see a complete overhaul of every person who worked with the team, but I think there'll be some retraining and how they want to do things and some implementation of uh, some new strategies. All right. I'm going to go ahead and take this one in the interest of keeping things moving mm-hmm. and then go to grub on the next one. This is from Charles Pierre jr. He says, I thought Trevon Blewett was done with the Pels. Also uh, big B Williams looks impressive uh, defensively and rebounding. So what would the Pelicans do with the bugs on the roster intrigued with Adams as we are. Um, so here's my take on it. Trevon Blewett is obviously in a dogfight for that second two-way position. He's also playing for other teams uh, around the NBA, trying to find a landing spot with any of them. Obviously, his elite skill is shooting. I kind uh, kind of uh, digested some of his other talents in an article recently with thebirdrights.com. He can be a useful facilitator, uh, obviously not a primary initiator. Uh, he's more a catch-and-shoot player, but he does have some other requisite skills that could get him on a roster. Is he going to be on the Pelicans roster? No. Could he land on the two-way spot? Maybe. And there, he's directly competing with Cavale, uh for the other position. We don't know what's going to end up with that. Uh, now, let's go over to Daniel Harris has a question for Grubb. Um, who is collecting DNPs for the first 20 games? I guess probably the most likely candidate would be, oh my gosh. I hate to say it, but I, I think the most likely candidate would be Jaleel Okafor. Yep. 
I mean, just with the way that Jackson Hayes has been playing, I agree. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think the Pelicans are going to do a lot of experimenting early Mm -hmm. on in the season. I think a lot of these guys are going to see minutes. You might not see the same guys have consecutive nights. You might see a lot of resting. Um, In in terms of resting, I don't necessarily mean DNPs. I mean, maybe Lonzo only plays 25 minutes one night. Maybe Frank Jackson gets up to 30 minutes. Maybe he doesn't play the next night. There are so many good and capable players on this roster. And even the guys that might not deserve minutes, like Etuan more in terms of the fact that you have J.J. Redick there, you've got Nah there, you've got Frank Jackson. You have to see what these youngsters can do. And you just brought J.J. in on a $26 million contract. You're not going to sit him. So even somebody like Etuan Moore, you have to keep his value up so that if you do want to dish him uh, near to the trade deadline, you need teams to be able to see that he can still hit that three-point shot. That's just my take on it. Why don't we go ahead uh, and move on to Frank Sowit? I hope that I said that right. We've got a couple of Jackson Hayes questions. Katie's burner says, what is Jackson Hayes ceiling? Uh, Frank says, are you guys more high on the Hayes pick now that you've seen some of his performances? Let's focus on the ceiling aspect, because like we said earlier, we thought Mitchell Robinson. Do you see a little bit of, let's say, Jonathan Isaac in his game so far, Grub? You know what? I who I compare him to right now? I would go a little bit further back. I like him. I, I, I liken him to Marcus Camby. Mm. OK, I'll take that. Yeah, I see some a lot of Camby in his game. You know, Camby was a very he came in and the first thing he was was a defender you know the scoring came along um as his career went on but um as a defender he he was ready to go from day one in the nba um had that bounce not not as good an athlete as as jackson hayes has shown but you know a very good athlete could catch above the rim um very good hands uh you know so i think you know that's a similar comparison for me today um but his ceiling, if we're talking about ceiling, I don't want to put a ceiling on him right now because there's so much he hasn't done. You know, we don't when you're learning the game like he has um, and, and the progress that he's done in these last two years, man, the sky's the limit for this kid if he works, if he stays in the gym. Um. Definitely for sure. I was trying to think of where we're going to go next. Uh, I Just to, to cont- piggyback off that, I thought before this, uh, just because of all the bodies that we have, we've had some questions about DNPs. The, the Pelicans roster is so deep right now. And now you've got Jackson Hayes and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and you've got the benefit of bringing them along slowly. However, Grub, like you just said, we've already seen more from these kids than we anticipated. We've got some questions from guys regarding uh, the G League and Jackson Hayes and Nikhil Alexander-Walker spending time there. Based on what we've seen, I don't think there's a chance that those guys spend too much time with the Erie Bayhawks this season. Do you? No, none of the first round picks. There's no way that any of them go down um, unless something, um, you know, it would, it would take either an injurious rehab assignment to me or um, somebody has to be extremely surprising in the rotation where they just can't get any minutes out of one of them. Uh, so that I don't see them. Uh, being in the G League at all this year. All right. That was a question from Hot Pelicans Takes, as well as Little Tom Benson and Katie's Burner. Um, I'm going to combine these two questions to speed things up. This is from 789 and Colum Reynolds. I'm doing my best here, you guys. Uh, Grub, let's combine these. Griff mentioned Moore as one of the vet leaders on the Woj pod. Is he in the plans this year, or do you think he gets moved? Reynolds says, do you believe the play of Alexander Walker will make Frank Jackson expendable? Here's my question, Grub. Frank Jackson and Etwan Moore, past the trade deadline, do both of these guys make it? Do you think they're part of the Pelicans' long-term plans? What do you see as their future? I think Etuan is definitely gone by the trade deadline. 
Um, that's just, I think they, especially the more they see of these young guys, because there just won't be minutes, I, I think, in the long run. If JJ's doing what he's supposed to do and getting 25 minutes a night coming off the bench, or 20, even at 22 to, um, minutes a night coming off the bench at the two guard um, and at the small forward in, in really small lineups, and um, Nikhil is playing the way he should be playing, if Josh Hart is playing the way that they expect him to play, you know, where are those minutes going to come from for Etwan eventually? Because he's not as good a defender as those guys, and he can't, um, you know, really handle the ball as well uh, as those guys can. So I think he's the most likely, especially with that contract. And then um, as far as Frank Jackson, yeah, I think Frank is in a fight uh, because you're looking at the guy who's doing the things that they thought Frank was going to do in Nikhil. You'd be able to play both positions, and Frank can score. We know he can score. Um, but that his his defensive ability is still a question mark and his ability to run an offense for even um, short um, short sets. So, yeah, I think Frank is going to be in a fight all year, too, for his future. He's a second-round pick. There's just not as big as an, an investment in, in him as there are in these other guys. So, yeah, he's going to be fighting for his life. Yeah, I definitely think Frank Jackson is a player in the NBA, somebody who can fill out an eight or nine man rotation and could be more. Remember, he's only played, I don't know how many, 40 NBA games, 50 NBA games. I don't have it in front of me, but I do think that this could be situational as well. Uh, we're, we're seeing Nas' skill set develop, and we've already seen how different it is from Frank Jackson's. So this this could be based uh, situationally. But with that being said, I do think both of these guys are going to be part of the Pelicans future. But like Rub said, uh, Frank Jackson doesn't have that first round title about him um obviously injuries were a part of that and uh he's heading to his third year so he's going to be expensive sooner rather than later so definitely something to keep our eyes on for sure okay here's an interesting one chance uh from chance hester grub why hasn't reddick the reddick signing been announced and here's my thinking on it grub the pelicans still have i think by my count 16 players under contract so somebody has to not survive summer league or uh even to training camp do you think that's part of what this uh, signing has been delayed for? Or who ultimately do you think falls off that 15th spot? It's got to be Christian Wood. Um, you know, it, from every indication, it looks like Griffin and Christian's um, representation are speaking about trying to figure out what they're going to do with him. Uh, so I think that's what the weight is, is that I'm sure there are teams or situations that are more attractive for Christian uh, for playing time. Obviously he's shown that he can p- contribute at the NBA level. I don't know if he'll ever be a starter or anything, but he, like he's a guy in an eight to nine man rotation. He certainly fits that. Um, but it, the way it looks again, the, where the minutes going to come for him right now. Uh, so yeah, I think once that issue is resolved, um, then Reddick will probably be signed. I, you know, this is a fait accompli. It's not something that you have to worry about. All right, that answers two questions from Britt Benoit and Matt Papawachak. I hope I got that right. <laughs> no question from Waka Waka Wakanda today. I'm disappointed, uh, although I'm, I'm not updating these in real time. So at the point I'm looking at it, there's something like 25 questions. Grub, I have got to run. I'm going to answer these three quickly why was not not a lottery pick he looks the part so far uh obviously drafting is not an exact science we've got a lot of faith in trajan langdon i think part of what held him back was his athleticism and people thought that he was rather limited not only in his explosiveness but i don't think anybody knew what a facilitator he was so he was a guy with good size that we didn't necessarily know could get around nba level defenders Um, and i also don't think anybody knew just how capable he was defensively but like i said this is still summer league he might just 
uh, Jackson Hayes might be making him look good. Kenrich Williams might be making him look good. He might come back down to earth once we get to the regular season. This is really just a small sample size. Uh, do you think the Pels win the finals in four or five games next year? <laughs> this is from Mizzle. Obviously four. I don't think anybody in the NBA can contend with these guys. Uh, it's just going to be 82-0, and 0, and then uh, the remaining 16, what does that put us at? 98-0. So get ready, you guys. I hope you enjoy the ride. Let's see. Thoughts on Lonzo. Um, well, we'll get these quickly. Uh, Grub, thoughts on Lonzo, how he's going to fit with the Pelicans. Do you see him realistically becoming a star under Alvin Gentry? Oh, absolutely. I see it because, you know, again, we've talked about Lonzo ad nauseum at times, just all the things that he does well, he does at an elite level. And I think you're giving him everything that he didn't get with the Lakers um, when you come, when he comes to New Orleans, he's going to be the unquestioned uh, ball handler uh, point guard for this team. He's going to get guys around him who are want to run. There are shooters around him as well. Um, he's going to be able to defend and create opportunities for himself. Uh, the offense is based on motion, which is one of the great things about him. You know, the, he struggles sometimes in taking people off the dribble, but in the Pelicans offense at its best, the ball is moving quickly without uh, dribbling. So I think that's another advantage for him. And then to have a guy like Drew Holiday next to him, to talk to him day in and day out in practice, there was no mentor really for him. Um, in LA I don't know how much he and Rondo got along or their relationship but Drew has shown that he will take guys under the under his wing so I think Lonzo's development as long as he can stay healthy he absolutely can become a star in this league Man, Grub, it's such an exciting time to be a Pelicans fan. There's so much stuff that we weren't able to touch upon. The hiring of Jeff uh, Bazelik, I hope I pronounced that right. Um, David Griffin ultimately giving Drew Holiday permission to be the most valuable player in the association. We have barely touched on Brandon Ingram this offseason. We've talked about Josh Hart off the court a bit more than on the court. Uh, we haven't uh, addressed Nicola Melli uh, in depth yet. These are all things we're going to do at, throughout the summers, and we appreciate you guys spending your time with us. Uh, this is all the time we have for now. I've got to head to work, but remember, if you guys like what you're hearing, please go to iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. We need all the help we can get from you guys. You can also share your love by sharing this on Twitter, Facebook. Of course, uh, go over to David's Patreon account and give him a hand. Uh, he's got his show, Hard in the Paint, uh, as he told you guys earlier in the podcast. Of course, you can follow him at DM grub david i hope you've batten down the hatches uh once you're back up and running what can our listeners expect to continue hearing and reading from you man it's just you know we're getting ready for on on the side for crescent city sports i'm getting ready for lsu football season of course um and high school football but always keeping an eye on the pelicans and then um three weeks till the show starts on august 5th so everything's going into that making sure we're ready to go um i'm looking like i'm gonna have some big guests the first week uh, some very familiar names to folks. Uh, so so that takes up most of my time and still out there getting ads. So if folks do know businesses in the New Orleans area who um, may be interested in advertising, of course, hit me on Twitter um, in a DM and I'll definitely get back to them. But I'm, I'm both extremely excited and extremely nervous at the same time. This is the biggest undertaking of my professional um, career. So this is my show and I'm going to do it the best I can. And hopefully I deliver something that people enjoy. 
just personally, I, I can't say enough how proud and excited I am for you. Um, it's it's so exciting. I remember when it was a dream and now it's being realized. And just from like an outsider's perspective, it makes me want to be better. It makes me want to work harder. Uh, I see all the success that you're having and I couldn't be happier for you. I can't wait to tune in. I can't wait to tell my parents to tune in. I can't wait until you're bringing in these high profile guests. Uh, and hopefully we can all share in the celebration. That's This is only just the beginning of it. Obviously, you know, like a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, uh, we don't know where you're going to be. We don't know what you're going to be doing, but it's really cool to be here on the ground floor and to have experience. Like, I don't know, it's, it's Genesis. Uh, I think we first talked probably two years ago. Yeah. I don't remember offhand, but yeah. it's, it's just really cool that, that we made it here. And like I said, I think your catchphrase is iron sharpens iron and just really couldn't be happier for you. And obviously we're going to continue to plug the hell out of you and get all this information out for our listeners so that they can also in terms make your first radio broadcast, maybe the most popular one ever. And then you'll just, you'll just have to grow from there. Um, but Grub, congratulations, man. Uh, again, wish you the best with Tropical Storm Barry as well as Ollie, Kevin, all of our listeners. I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Uh, my name's Preston Ellis. You guys can follow me at Preston Ellis. I've got two articles coming on Bleacher Report probably on Monday or Tuesday. I'm going to continue rounding out the birdrights.com. Thank you, Ollie, for your patience in that regard. Uh, just got back from Vegas. Had a great time with those guys. Um, and we look forward to talking to you guys in the future. Thank you for all the questions. For now, let's dance. Thank you for listening to the Bird Calls on the Off the Glass, Nothing But Net, and Up and Under podcast networks. If you like what you're hearing, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes, retweet, share with your friends, and most importantly, subscribe today. Who am I and how am I feeling? I'm Clive Owen and I'm feeling great, thanks. How about you? You feeling happy? A little angry? People have so many feelings, millions of them. But what if businesses could really understand all of those feelings and then act on them to make their customers feel better? It's a thing. It's SAP Experience Management and it's here. Because the future of business has feelings. And I've got a feeling we're all going to like it. Go to sap.com slash xm to learn more. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life.